Painkiller Bees, it's Paula B from PaulaBeeFitness.com and welcome to the Let's Run Podcast. You guys, I've got a great one for us today. An all walking, or if you choose, all running workout with no intervals at all while we talk about how to lose belly fat. I have some surprising answers for you. Make sure you're warmed up and when you're ready, I'm ready. Let's run. All right, you guys, we are gonna get right into it and start moving and grooving. I'm gonna get started with a nice walking pace. Now, today's workout, you might notice a lack of beeping because I do not have an interval timer for us. I would like you to get whatever kind of workout you want out of our conversation today. And for you, that might mean walking the whole time. It might mean running the whole time. It might mean some combination of walking or running at your own intervals, doing what you wanna do. Because you know what? That is the best kind of workout for where you are on your walk and run journey. Now, sometimes I do like to have really specific workouts for us, but Today's workout is more related to the topic than you might realize right now. So, ah, the topic, you guys. You guys, I have to tell you something. I did not want to answer this question, but it keeps coming up. It's a question I get asked about all the time about losing belly fat. How can I lose belly fat? How can I burn belly fat? I don't like my belly, etc. And the reason I didn't want to answer this question is because normally when we have these conversations, I mean, every Tuesday on the Let's Run podcast, I try really hard to have a very kind of specific or narrow topic, something that I can really give you some actionable points in, you know, somewhere between like 10 and 30 minutes where we can really just hone in on that one little nugget and dig it down and I can give you some good concrete answers. And the thing about belly fat, and really even, even just overall body fat, the thing about fat and about burning fat and losing fat is it is not nearly as straightforward of a topic as it seems. I mean, when you ask me this question, how can I burn belly fat? It sounds like there's just gonna be this one answer. And you know, you can find all kinds of places on the internet that are like, oh, here's this one trick that's gonna burn belly fat. And I will tell you that that's a lie. I mean, this is an incredibly complex topic that actually has a lot of ins and outs to it. It's a lot, it's a lot more than it seems. So my goal today is to cover as much as I can and to give you some concrete answers as well as some kind of open-ended answers, which is not my favorite thing to do. I like to be a lot more practical than this. I'm, I'm a very practical girl. Give me steps one through four and I will do steps one through four, but I'm gonna do my best to give you some steps so that you can do what you wanna do with this topic. Now, first of all, let's talk about what doesn't work for belly fat because this is, this is something that's very easy for me to answer. You will find all kinds of workouts and all kinds of articles and all kinds of fitness trainers telling you, oh, these ab exercises are great for belly fat. No, they're not. Doing sit-ups, doing crunches, doing any kind of abdominal exercises does not burn belly fat. The end. Abdominal exercises are great for you, and I'm not trying to knock that. Abdominal exercises make your abdominals very strong. You can 
shape your body with exercises, specifically with strength type exercises, which I mean, even if you're not using weights, abdominal work like sit-ups, crunches, that kind of thing, tends to be strength exercises. You will tone your muscles, you will shape your muscles, you will strengthen your muscles with those kinds of exercises. But having strong stomach muscles does not burn belly fat. In fact, that's true for any kind of targeted workout. Doing arm workouts does not burn arm fat. Doing leg workouts does not burn leg fat. Doing butt workouts does not burn booty fat. The fact is your body burns fat when and where it wants to, irregardless of where you want it to. And I know if you have ever gained or lost weight, I know you know this. Me personally, I always gain weight from the bottom up and I lose weight from the top down. So I'll be exercising and trying to, you know, go for a run or whatever. Like when I first started running, I was like, I'm going to lose all this fat from my booty. Nope. I lost the fat from up here. And if you're listening to the podcast, I'm aiming at my chest right now. That was the first place I lost weight. It's always the first place I lose weight. So you're not in control of where your body loses fat from. And to kind of get off topic slightly here, you're actually not even in control of when your body loses fat. Stored fat is fuel, and your body will tap into that fuel when and where it wants to slash needs to. Your body has a lot going on. I mean, literally thousands of processes all day, every day, all the time. And to get the energy for those processes, your body has a couple of different places that it can pull the energy from. Sometimes that place is from stored fat. Sometimes it's not. So you might be burning fat while you're asleep, which is a crazy thought. I know. But even while you're asleep or watching TV or doing, you know, quote unquote, nothing, you've got all those processes going on. And if your body needs the energy from the stored fat, that's where it's going to get it from. But you're not in control of telling your body when and where and how and from where to get that stored fat. So, so kind of let that go right now. You are going to burn fat when you burn fat. You're going to lose fat from where your body wants to lose fat. The other thing that won't work for belly fat is any kind of cleanses or wraps. If you've done, you know, those three day apple cider vinegar or whatever. I, I don't even, I don't even know. I don't even know because when I see stuff like that, I click away instantly. I know it's absolute junk. Your body, one of the thousands of processes that it is doing all the time is cleansing. Your body is super efficient at this. Your liver is cleansing. Your pancreas is cleansing. Your kidneys are cleansing. Your intestines are cleansing. They know what to do. You don't have to drink weird stuff. You don't have to do a reset. You don't have to do anything for your body processes to do what they're supposed to do. Now, of course, you can help yourself out by eating good foods, drinking enough water, all those kinds of things. But doing your three-day cleanse that's allegedly going to reset your colon or anything like that, your body doesn't need that. And in fact, 
it might even do some damage because that's not what your body is supposed to do. Your body is meant for solid foods for one thing um, and, and a variety of foods. And there's actually a lot of reasons why cleanses are bad, but I'm just going to leave it at that because this isn't meant to be a rant about that topic. But just so you know, cleanses and wraps, not a permanent solution. At best, a temporary, but probably not even a temporary solution to belly fat. And the other thing that doesn't work is one specific workout. You will find numerous workouts on the internet, including even some of mine where I talk about this can help with belly fat. But no one workout is a permanent solution either. And I'm going to expand on that a little bit more as we go. But so you know, there's no such thing as one thing that you can do one time that's going to take care of belly fat. It is far more complicated and bigger than that. So, so let's talk about why we even get belly fat. I mean, what's the deal with that? Why I sound like Jerry Seinfeld? What's the deal with belly fat? And here's the deal. First of all, like I said, your body, your body stores fat because it needs energy later. You will never, no matter what you do, have 0% body fat. People say that to me sometimes, like, oh, you have no fat on you. Of course I do. Of course I do. Your body needs fat. I mean, it, it's actually an essential part of your body. It helps regulate your temperature. It helps um, dissolve certain kinds of nutrients, vitamins and minerals, things like that. It's actually good for you to have some fat on you. If you had no fat, again, when I was coming back with that, that energy thing, if you had no fat on your body and your body had all these processes to go through and you were asleep and all of a sudden your body ran out of other kinds of fuel sources and you had no body fat to tap into, you would die and that's not okay. So your body stores fat so that it can tap into it later when it needs to. Now, you might be genetically predisposed to carry fat in certain places. I mean, you, on some level, we all know this when we see, you know, a certain body types, like there are some people who are more of an apple type who just carry more weight in their middle. There are some people who are more of a pear shape who carry more weight in their lower body. There are some people who are very hourglass shaped where and, and sometimes I'm going to, I'm going to stop myself on this one real quick. We call it genetic when, when you see a parent and a child who are maybe both very slim or who are maybe both very overweight. And the fact is that that's not always genetic. There's, there's a lot of crossover between what is a genetic predisposition and what is simply an environmental issue. Growing up in a family that eats a certain way and has a certain level of activity, you are likely to look and be shaped like other people in your family simply because you're doing a lot of the same things. So it's hard to say where the line between genetic predisposition is and where your environmental factors cross over. But as far as like your, your basic body shape or a tendency to carry weight in one part of your body or another, there might be a genetic predisposition to carry more weight in your midsection. 
there's also, we, we get belly fat because of hormones. And speaking of complicated topics, all of these topics are complicated today. We use the word hormone 99% of the time, I think people use the word hormones when they're talking about women. And that is one of the things where I'm going with this today is that based on your age, there might be hormonal reasons for women why we would carry more weight in our middle. The fact is, as we approach menopause and get through it and past it, that that's what your body does. Like that's biology. And I'm not meaning that to say like, oh, if you're near menopause or past menopause, that you have to carry belly fat. No, you don't. But there's only so much you're gonna be able to fight biology on this. Kind of like the genetic predisposition thing. That's what your body's gonna do. So adjusting, adjusting what you think of as belly fat and what you think of your body is part of the practical solution that I'm gonna have for you here in a little bit. But understand that there will be times in your life where having more weight in your belly is a biological factor and hormones play into that. Now the reason hormones is actually really complicated, your body actually produces something like 50 or somewhere around 50 different kinds of hormones. Hormones are responsible for like everything. I mean, we think of them again as being, you know, female hormones. Everybody has hormones. Everybody needs hormones. Like they're critical to your existence in the sense of you need hormones to tell you when it's time to go to sleep. You have hormones that tell you when it's time to eat. You have hormones that tell you when it's time to stop eating. You have hormones that regulate almost every process in your body. And as previously mentioned, you have thousands of different processes going on all the time. So hormones aren't well, they're not good or bad. They just are. They just exist. It's just part of being alive. So blaming belly fat on hormones, not always, not always super helpful. The other reason you might be carrying belly fat is because of what you eat. Speaking of complicated topics, the, what, what we eat is not a simple, easy thing to talk about. First of all, there is such enormous variety of what there is available to eat. And even within certain types of food, there's all kinds of variety. And even within certain types of food, it will accrue variety over time because our nutrition is constantly changing. One of the difficulties that anybody has talking about food, nutrition, exercise, fat, athletic performance, any of these types of topics is that, first of all, the science behind them, the things that we know, is an incredibly new science as compared to other types of sciences. I mean, we've been studying physics for thousands of years. We've been studying biology for thousands of years. Food and exercise, weirdly, even though they've always been a part of our existence, did not start getting studied or figured out until really only the last couple of hundred years. And I mean, comparatively, hundred years versus thousands of years, it, we don't know anything. I mean, it's, it's brand new. We're still in like the absolutely early stages 
of understanding anything. And complicating factors even more is that food and exercise science, it's not a closed system. And what I mean by that is like physics, I mean, we are all, every single thing on the earth is subject to gravity the same way. There's a mathematical formula you can use because gravity is always the same, always, every time, every object, every time. There is no debating gravity, which of course reminds me of that Friends episode, and if you know what I'm talking about, you're laughing right now too, Phoebe and Ross. Anyways, gravity, it is, it exists. Food, nutrition, exercise, every single person on the planet has their own individual, not even entirely closed system. So studying the effect of one kind of food, for example, on say a thousand people. I mean, that sounds like a lot, right? Like a thousand people all ate this food and this is what happened to them. Well, if you're number 1001, <laughs> you might react differently. Your system is ever-changing, ever-evolving, and individual. What you eat today affects how you digest tomorrow's food. And I mean that literally. You have like microbes in your intestines that change and adapt. Some of them die off, some of them come up new, that affect how you digest food. And it's based on what you've been eating in the past. And it, and I know that, I mean, like on some common sense level, you're like, oh, so that's why when I didn't eat XYZ for like six months and then I ate it again, it reacted really weird. I didn't like it anymore or it didn't feel right. Yeah, because your body changed. Your body changes and adapts to what you are eating constantly. That open system means that it's not impossible, I don't want to say impossible, but darn near impossible to say with any kind of certainty that one thing will always work for every person. Your circumstances are yours. And you're about to see how that is affected by the next thing, which is stress. <laughs> and stress absolutely affects belly fat. Now, I know that we think of stress as being kind of mental, emotional, that, you know, when your boss is yelling at you, you feel stressed, or when you have like 17 deadlines and, you know, only 14 minutes to do them all, that you feel stressed. Stress actually encompasses a lot of different things in your life. Stress is involved with your mental stress, absolutely. It's also involved with your physical stress, the things that you do. Any kind of exercise that you do your body perceives as stress. And that's not a bad thing, like at all. Your body adapts to stresses. That's actually how we get better. If you did not ever stress your muscles, for example, doing this walk that we're doing right now, I'm stressing my muscles, and so are you. And if we didn't ever do that, your muscles would not only not get stronger, but they would deteriorate. You need some stress in your life. What you don't need is an excess of stress. And I know I'm not the first person to mention this to you, but we have an excess of stress in our lives. The modern world is full of all kinds of things that cause more mental and emotional stress 
than ever before. And I'm going to go ahead and lump this in with stress because it's similar, but truly it's its own topic. One of the stresses that we have going on in our lives is a lack of sleep. Generally speaking, not every single person, obviously. <laughs> Again, I can't give you one answer for every single person, but a lack of sleep stresses your body in a way that is unlike almost anything else that we do. When you do not sleep well or enough, your body can't perform almost any of its other functions at the top level. The same actually goes for uh, dehydration. Also, if you are not hydrated properly, it's very similar, weirdly, to not getting enough sleep. Your body can't adapt to it because you're always operating just a little bit lower than your optimal. So I personally feel very stressed when I don't sleep properly, which is why I've lumped it in with that. But truly, it could be its own thing. A lack of proper sleep affects your hormones. It affects your diet and your exercise. It affects your mood. It, it affects almost everything. And it is one of the reasons why we might accumulate fat in our bellies. So having said all of this about what you can't do and why we get belly fat, how in the world can we get rid of it? Well, as I've mentioned a couple of different times, there's not one thing that you can do, but there's, there's a group of things that you can do that are all related, that are not a closed system, they are an open system of different behaviors and different ways of thinking and different things to do that can help eliminate belly fat. I'm not gonna make you any promises here. There, there are no promises. There are no promises in life. I mean, that's, this is a whole other topic, but there are no promises for this is the thing that's gonna help you. But here are some practical tips that can move you in the direction of eliminating belly fat. Number one, accept the fact that your body is gonna do what it's gonna do. I feel like I mentioned this enough and we talked about it a lot with the whole losing fat and when your body taps into it and genetic predisposition, but truly accepting, not accepting your fate like, oh, I'm just always gonna be fat. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. Accepting the fact that you are not 100% in control of this situation hopefully will help relieve some of the stress, frankly. If, if you're constantly worrying about how can I get rid of this belly fat, and, and if you can let that go, that, that your body's in charge, your, your body's gonna do this on its own time, its own way, and it's gonna lose fat from where it's gonna lose fat, and you might carry a little bit more than you want to, or less than you want to other places, letting, letting some of that just go and letting your body be in charge is really critical. The more you fight biology, the less happy you're going to be. Biology is going to win, it is. It, hands down, plain and simple, there are no questions here. Biology is gonna do what it's gonna do. I mean, there's no fooling mother nature as we say. Biology is gonna do what it's gonna do. Gravity is gonna do what it's gonna do. You need to accept that what your body does is what it does. The things 
that you can control are things like your sleep. Taking really good care of your sleep habits, protecting your sleep, making it a priority, making it, well, no, just a priority. That's, that's what I'm gonna say there. Making sleep a priority in the same way that I know you make nutrition a priority. I know that you make your job a priority. I know that you make exercising a priority. I mean, we're here together, we're exercising, we're talking about this. Making sleep a priority, yes, it might feel stressful because it's one more thing you gotta fit in there, but making sleep a priority will make changes to your body. And related to all of those things, working on your stress level will arguably make the biggest difference in your belly fat. I'm trying to decide if that's the biggest difference. It's really hard to say. All of these pieces work so much together. There's no pulling out one thing and saying, this is the key. I mean, this is where I started this conversation. It's where I'm gonna end this conversation. There's no one thing that makes it all better. But reducing your stress, accepting where you are in life, making sleep a priority, letting some of the everyday world stuff go will do wonders. And in a far more practical sense, because I know this is why you are watching this video. You wanted me to tell you what workout to do and what to eat. There are some foods that may not be as good for you. Again, coming back to the how new nutrition science actually is, there are lots of people in the world who are gonna tell you that sugar is the devil. There are people in the world who will tell you that meat is the devil. There are people in the world who will tell you that grains are the devil. We don't know. We don't know, I don't know. I can't tell you this one thing is the thing that's causing you to have belly fat. You, however, can think of yourself as your own personal scientist. Pay attention to what feels good. Pay attention to what works. Pay attention to what helps your body feel like a well-fueled machine. If there are certain foods that don't work for you, don't eat them. If there are certain foods that do work for you, continue to eat them and continue to experiment with types of food, calories, when you eat, how much you eat. All of those sorts of things in your open system might be related. So check it out, see what works for you. And that kind of comes along with the acceptance and the letting go of stress. When you're curious about, hey, does this work for me? How do I feel? You'll probably find more solutions than you realize right now. And as far as exercise goes, the reason that we are doing a, a non-beeping, set your own challenge kind of workout is this. There is not one single workout that will work for you. However, there are lots of them that will work for you. When you vary your workouts, when you take some days at a relaxed pace and accept where you are in life and enjoy the simple movement of your body, you will find that some days that moderate pace is perfect and some days you feel like you've got a little bit more. That variety, that is the key to getting your body moving and performing at its optimal level. 
doing the exact same thing every single day isn't great for your body. Working hard, working hard and then working harder is not loving towards your body. So moving in a way that feels loving and feels good is absolutely the key, the one thing <laughs> that's gonna be most helpful. <laughs> you like how I did that, right? You guys, thank you so, so much for walking and or walking and running with me today. I know that this probably brought up almost as many questions as answers for you, and I want you to know that no matter where you're watching or listening, you can totally leave me a comment and a question so that we can continue this conversation and we can get your best performance out of you. Thank you so much for watching. Be sure to click that subscribe button and I'll see you next time.